Welcome back, guys, to another Talking About Talking episode with your host, Billy, me. So I've been listening on Spotify uh, a few books, because if you know me, you know I'm not much of a reader. So listening is way better um, for me. So the first book that I listened to was Heather Gay's book, Bad Mormon. And though I can't relate to her on the Mormon aspect, I relate to her about a lot of the things that she um, confessed in her book. Um, Not wanting to bring shame, not wanting to be seen as something that she wasn't. Um, That as I was reading the book and she was going through a medical uh, thing called Bell's Palsy, I was two. That was really strange (laughs) to me. Um, But yeah, I definitely loved the book. Um, I went through it with her, you know, laughed and cried and related and understood, um, you know, her trials and what she's been through and what she's endured and, and overcome, overcame. And then I went on to listen to Reba's new book, Reba McIntyre. And that was a quicker, kind of a small book, um, because it was also integrated with recipes and things like that from her cooking. Um, But I also can relate to some of the things that she talked about. Um, She had a number of people that just gave her accolades and you know, spoke highly of her character, which, um, I can imagine that's who she is. I remember my mom being so happy when I was 16 years old, I was working a job and I took my mom to see Reba at the state fair Coliseum. And because my mom was handicapped, we got to sit in the front row and my mom got to, to shake Reba's hand and I think that was in like 1996. So yeah, I definitely remember that and that she was so sweet to bend down and to, you know, shake my mom's hand when, of course, she didn't have to. Um, And that made my mom's day. So that was really, really a good uh, memory bringing back up when I was listening to her book. Uh, I just recently got done listening to Michelle Obama's book, and wow, another person that's been through ups and downs of life and ins and outs and, you know, her life in the White House and the things that she had to endure. Again, I laughed and cried and sympathized and understood and related um, as much as I could, you know. Um, growing up in a multiracial family, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I didn't see color and all that stuff. Because yes, of course I saw color, but it didn't matter to me because by the time that my stepdad was in the picture, I was young and I grew up, you know, with him and other his other siblings, 
And then I have a cousin that's biracial. So I have a few cousins that are biracial. Not only mixed white and black, but mixed Hispanic and white. Um, You know, so I definitely know the parallel of you know, being in that space. Um, I used to always wish that I was of a different color, you know, that I was black or mixed to only be more understood with the family. Or I, or I grew up not really... I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I grew up kind of not really thinking anything of my white heritage but only thinking of my black adjacent heritage. It's This is probably not coming out correctly at all, but what I'm trying to say is that I was so proud and boasting about having a mixed family um, as I grew up. And I thought I was special and I thought I was not the first but I thought that by having a mixed family and a dad that's you know a stepdad that's black and a sister that's half black somehow erased my whiteness and I always wanted other black people to look at me not as, you know, a white oppressor, but an ally. And sometimes they did, you know, and sometimes they didn't. Um, I've got, I've always got mixed. You know, if I befriended someone that might have been black, then they get to know me, and of course I was accepted, and, you know, then the worries were washed away, and I was a part of their life. And, you know, I could fall into friendship and not worry. You know, and then those of them, those of whom met me and didn't know the whole story, you know, and viewed my whiteness as something to be cautioned. You know, that's where I felt shame and I felt if they only knew. And then boasting, or in some cases people think it's boasting, right? That, oh, well, I have, you know, black family members or my stepdad's black. Somehow doesn't bring people ease, as you might think. (laughs) So I definitely uh, found out very early on that just because announcing my family and the situation doesn't really negate that I'm a still white man in their presence, right? And I remember at one of my first jobs, my stepdad had told me this uh, racial joke, and I shared it at work. I was, I don't know, I think 18 years old, going on 19 at a small 
telemarketing company. And again, me thinking naively that just because I had grown up with black people in my family, that somehow gave me the right to speak freely on things, right? And so at work, we were talking and joking and everything, and then I said the joke that my stepdad had told me or had said in you know my presence, and it didn't go over really well. <laughs> so again, it was another lesson, you know, that I learned that that just because I grew up a certain way, it doesn't take away from my appearance and what that brings to certain people, right? So I definitely understand all the ladies that I have listened to uh, a little bit better and and empathize for their situations um, and what they've gone through. Especially being, you know, Michelle Obama and her family. And I'm writing a book as well, as some of you might know. Um, it's taken me a lot longer. I, I need to get into it more. Um, and I want to finish it. Um, and I'm going to finish it. I just, like I said, I have to dedicate more time. And it's going to be done in the next year. And I'm going to be as honest as possible and as raw as possible. And hopefully, by telling this story through my eyes and through what I've experienced, you know, can help, help, help someone else um, going through a similar situation. As I've said before, that's a... That's the big reason why I want to write this, because everyone's story is important. Um, And I think it's important to share. You know, our country is so divided and so broken, and and there's just so many trauma-filled areas. And I think that if we get out and share more of our lives, that it might have a more positive impact hopefully on on the world as a whole I don't know that's my hope but I definitely do want to you know write this book and and be as honest as I can and and hopefully it's not seen as anything else but that um because I also have been through a lot, right? We've all been through something. And I just said that we all have a story. And that story is always filled with ups and downs and losses and gains and unsure actions and actions that we could take, that we want to take back if we could. Um, I'm not perfect, you know. And I, I try to do the best I can as I'm getting older. I'm learning a lot more. And I'm learning more how to navigate people's feelings. 
yeah, I mean, definitely, if, if you guys get a chance, go ahead and uh, either actually read or, you know, listen to the autobiography of the three books that I had mentioned. Um, I'm going to read a lot more and uh, follow up with you guys. Or not read, rather, listen to. Because <laughs> we all know I'm not a great reader, so uh, I love the, the fact that there, that there is now audiobooks and that the authors take the time to read them. So I greatly appreciate that. Well, guys, I hope you have a good day and a good year, rest of the year. Um, this has just been a quick podcast to update you on those books and a little bit about myself. Um, please stay tuned for further podcasts every Saturday, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Make sure to love yourself and love others. Have a good night.